Hello, everybody. Welcome to Pursuit of Relentless Podcast. You've got your host here, Elena. And today we are going to have a professional in conversation. And I'm so excited to have Brandon with us today. Uh, it is going to be a really, really powerful conversation. So make sure that you take some notes and share the show. We are organically grown and just make sure that you're um, applying the information that you're learning today as well. So thank you for coming on the show, Brandon. Elena, the pleasure is absolutely mine. Thanks for having me. Awesome. So tell us about your journey through entrepreneurship. Were you always super entrepreneurial? Were you like born an entrepreneur or you were just more like, hey, I see a need for something that is uh, lacking and I'm going to go fill it? Absolutely. Think of me like the opposite of what you would think an entrepreneur is. So an entrepreneur is somebody who might be born with it. Gary Vaynerchuk selling his lemonade on the lemonade stand, right? But I'm like the opposite of that. I actually hated entrepreneurship. I was allergic to it. That was the last thing that I wanted to do with my life. So my entrepreneurial journey was a complete accident. So what happened was I went to college for business school to be an accountant, literally the most secure stable job in the world that I felt I could excel in because I wanted to make money so I could provide for my parents because they were factory workers. Mm -hmm. So that was my focus. So I, I get to business school and they learn about these things called case competitions. Think of it like professional sports, but for nerds, Alina. So all the guys my age are playing football or rugby or baseball or some other sport you probably wouldn't see me playing. I was doing presentations competitively. And the reason I did that was to get a job at one of the big four accounting firms. So that's why I did these competitions. I got a job there, but as I was getting older, I accidentally got really good at coaching people how to speak because I started training the other people in that case competition program just to help them win competitions. And I never thought of that as a profession. I was doing it for free. But then a few years later, I had the idea for Master Talk. Really in that three years, I was coaching a lot of people. And then I was watching YouTube videos on the subject. And I was saying, huh, that doesn't make sense. That doesn't make sense. That doesn't make sense. Oh, I should probably make videos. So that's what happened. Cool. So how long have you been doing YouTube for now? YouTube? YouTube, I'm doing it for four. And coaching, I'm entering my eighth year now. Nice. So what changed when you started doing YouTube? Like, did it really uh, shift your business? Or was it more just like, this is what it needs to look like, you know? For sure, Elena. So for the first nine months of that YouTube channel, I'm still not an entrepreneur. It's still a <laughs> hobby. I'm just, like I said, I'm like allergic to entrepreneurship. And the reason I was making these videos wasn't because I thought it was going to be a lead funnel to the business. I learned about all that stuff later in the game. I just saw it as a hobby because my full-time job, I saw it hustled master talk for two and a half years. It was a very nice job. Like I had a technology consulting gig at IBM. I was doing pretty much six figures, pretty close to it. So my life has completely changed. I'm not focused on making Master Talk successful. Mm -hmm. It's just a fun thing I'm doing in my mother's basement. I'm just making a video every week. I, I haven't made a dollar coaching anybody. And I have four years of experience coaching people. Never made a dollar. But then in nine months into Master Talk, what happened, the pivotal moment that turned Master Talk into a business was when I went to Columbus, Ohio to attend Summit of Greatness, which is an event that the podcaster Lewis Howes hosts. He's the host of the School of Greatness podcast. Mm -hmm. So I've been a fan of the guy since I was 20, and I've listened to a lot of his podcasts. So I just wanted to meet him. So I fly out to Columbus. And I meet my business partner there who's 20 years older than I am. And he looks at me at a 5 a.m. workout and he goes, 
why don't you charge executives thousands of dollars to work with you? And I was 23 at the time. <laughs> so I was just laughing at him. I was like, what are you talking about, dude? I work at IBM. But this is not a business. And he said, yeah, it is. My clients actually need somebody like you. I've been looking for somebody like you. Why don't you coach my clients? I'll give you some money. And I just went, oh, this is a business. And that's when I realized I could do this full time. Yeah. Isn't that cool how it just like shifts for you and you don't even expect it. Same with me. Like I never in a million years thought that I would be a financial advisor. (laughs) You know, I was a hundred grand in debt when I walked into this company and they were like, Hey, we're going to help you change your life forever. And I was like, yes, please, like, please, please. And thank you. You know, cause I was in a place where I was just like, nope, this is not where I want to be. I know I need to make a change. I know I need to figure this out. And then I got laid off and I was like, huh, well, guess I'm going to go try this financial advising thing. And my family told me I was crazy. You know, they were like, why would we take your advice? Um, And it just fast forwarded into something that I became really passionate about. And I really like solving problems. You talk about like being nerdy. I tried to do the sports thing. Let's put it this way. In my two rugby games that I played, the first one, I got a concussion, bounced my face off the ground, ended up in the hospital with my mouth guard through my lip. And the second rugby game that I played, I didn't have enough time to warm up. And I tore my LCL, which was a really challenging thing, especially because I was doing 75 hard at the time, but I finished it like a champ uh, and then realized that was dumb because I messed up my knee even worse. Anyways, long story short, it's a process to heal uh, ligament tears, but when you're uh, no excuses kind of person, you figure it out. Anyways, so fast forward. I'm just glad you're not playing rugby anymore. Rugby was so intense, but seriously, it was like the craziest sport ever because you, I'm not cut out for rugby. So I'm over six feet tall and rugby is like center of gravity based. Right. And so my center of gravity is completely out of whack to all of these other girls that I'm competing against. And they're like taking me out at the legs because that's super easy for them. Whereas me trying to take them out or like tackle them, I have to get down so low like trying to get in there and be like, okay, I'm going to try and tackle this chick, but it's impossible. It's easier for me to clothesline them, which you're not allowed to do. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So it was just, uh, it was not cut out for me. (laughs) I was not meant to have my head squished between two chicks, butts, and like, no, it was not good, but it was so fun doing the, like the teamwork behind it. Right. I'm a loving connection person through and through. So like being part of a team that's, um, teaching me stuff, I'm like, yeah, this is awesome. And then you go and play a game and you're like, I don't understand this game at all. (laughs) Like This is bad. Um, and very dangerous. And then they go, Oh, I wondered why life insurance applications asked if you do combat sports, (laughs) you know, this is why it's because it's extremely, extremely dangerous. Um, so needless to say, I didn't play rugby after that. And I just was like, nope, (laughs) but yeah. Anyways, um, fast forwarding, I, I got into the business world accidentally as well. Like I was always, I was always entrepreneurial, uh, but I didn't know what that meant. Right. Like when I was six years old, I was selling spices door to door for my neighbor who did, like organic spices. And, uh, she'd just give me a few dollars per package that I sold. Right. And I was like, 
heck yeah, I can make money. And we were really poor growing up, like single mom, four kids. Right. And wow, it was like, just trying to do everything that we could to work together as a family. Like we delivered newspapers, we did spices, we did all of that kind of stuff. And my mom taught us really young that we had to earn our own money and pay for our own stuff. So when we went to wanted to go to summer camp, for example, she's like, okay, well, how much money did you make selling spices? And so we had to pay at least 50% of the the whatever activity we wanted to do. And then she'd cover the rest of it. And it was just like such a good way of teaching us how to value our money and like really um, do what we wanted to do, but understanding that we had to work hard to achieve it as well. Right. So we'd get the payoff, but we had to go and do the work beforehand, which I appreciated because it's taught us all, like every single one of my siblings is an entrepreneur. And that just blows my mind because my mom, she is a nurse's aide. She did that for 28 years until she became disabled and now she's retired. Right. So it's crazy. You just look at like the work ethic and just learning how to uh, raise your family in a way that they're being strategic about when they're thinking about life and like what it looked like. She's like, you should be a doctor. And I was like, I don't like blood. <laughs> like, mm, nope, not for me. And so I went into being a pastry chef because I always loved being a baker. And, and then I realized getting paid 14 bucks an hour for the rest of your life does not sound that desirable. So I moved up to Fort McMurray, went into um, industrial sales. And I, I liked the aspect of saving people money on the stuff they were already paying for. And then when I met World Financial Group, it was like, hey, you get to sit down with people and literally teach them everything that they need to know about money and finance. And you don't have to charge them any money because you're a broker. And uh, my internet's apparently doing some interesting things right now. Hopefully I don't cut out too, too much. But anyways, it was like just this big eye-opening moment for me because it was like, I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life, which a lot of people find themselves coming out of college and going, what What did I do? <laughs> like That was silly. I mean, it was an experience and I liked it and I had fun, but I just knew that it wasn't, it wasn't going to get me where I wanted to go. And I knew that I was born to be somebody. And so when I went into heavy equipment operating, I was like, nope, <laughs> that's not for me. I made good money. I got myself out of debt, that kind of stuff. But it was it was meeting the company that actually focused on the impact and like helping people, which is what your business does as well. And I love that because when you're focused on helping people, I believe you naturally attract money. Oh yeah. I completely agree with that. Right. Impact drives everything. And, and the way that my business even started was really just a, as a hobby, right. Just to create free videos for people. It just turned into something that I never could have imagined. Absolutely. I think that when you're put in those situations where it's just, it's just naturally occurring. You meet these people that you're like, Oh, I had no idea that this is what was going to happen. Like, um, today my, is my mother's birthday. We're recording on my mom's birthday. Happy birthday. mom! Oh, nice. Uh, and I haven't called her yet yet because it's really early where she lives, but that's okay. I'll call her in a bit. But, uh, so one of my best friends, her name's Leela and she's having a kidney transplant today at like in like an hour. Um, so I called her this morning and she's just like, 
I'm good. Like my energy's good. I'm excited. I'm ready to stop doing dialysis and stuff like that. And I was like, yeah, man, like you just have to understand that you put in the time and effort to take care of your body. And like, she, she can't do anything. She was born with uh, a disease called reflux. So she has been sick her whole life and this is her second kidney. And um, I spent two and a half hours on the phone with her husband last night, just like trying to keep his mind off of it, you know, and like doing the right thing. But I sit there and I look at the situation and I go, you're going to be fine. You're going to be fine because you've done all the work um, and you've given so much of yourself. Like she, she pretty much like took me in when my mom kicked me out um, when I was pretty young, but I deserved it. <laughs> like, let's be real. I was not the easiest kid to, to take care of. Um, so she pretty much like just put her heart and soul on the table and was like, you can come live with me, you know? And so we've been really close friends ever since. And now it's like, okay, well, you're struggling with this. I can help you with that. If you need help with this, I can help you with that. And it's really good to be able to give back right to someone who's helped me so much. So this morning was really great. I'm feeling really inspired today. It's a good day. That's awesome. Happy to hear that. Yeah. So what would some tips be that you could share with people um, that are just starting out in their careers or um, even like the 18 year olds out there who are like, hey, I don't know what's going on. Like this is this is not something that comes naturally to me when it comes to public speaking or um, just putting themselves in environments of communication. Uh, what tips could you give them? Yeah, for sure, Lena. So for me, communication is like juggling 18 balls at the same time, right? So one of those balls is body language. One of them is smiling. One of them is storytelling. And the list goes on. Right? There's so many different things you have to keep in mind. So for me, the simple question is what are the three easiest balls to juggle? Because if we can juggle those three balls, we can easily build momentum with the skill set. And I call them my easy threes. Very simple. Ball number one random word exercise, ball number two, question drill, and ball number three, the video message. Let's dive into them. Number one is the random word exercise. Pick a random word like mouse, like trap, like paper towel, like floor, like ceiling. Create random presentations out of thin air on the spot. Mm. And this serves two main purposes. Number one, it helps you deal with uncertainty because life is filled with it. When you an event, you meet somebody new, you don't know what's going to happen during that conversation. And the second piece is if you can make some nonsense, you could make sense out of anything. Mm-hmm. And that's really the magic of doing that. If you talk about avocados at 30 seconds, you could talk about anything for 30 seconds. So that's ball number one. I love that. Yeah. So we do what's called speech club once a week in our team. And it's like Toastmasters, but not. Because um, we, I don't know, I'm like, man. I want to work with my team and my team only. So it's like I sit down with them and I give them a topic and they have two minutes. They have to talk for two minutes on that topic. And some of them are super ridiculous. Like, what would you do in this situation? Or like, compare this to this. Or we'll just go and pull random conversation starters off the internet, for example, and just challenge each other to speak about a topic for two minutes. And it's like, you don't even have to stay on that topic. You can pivot the topic to whatever you're not so much comfortable talking about, but like to fill the time. So if it's like, um, what do you prefer cats or dogs, right? You could be like cats or dogs, like 
and then your conversation's over, right? But if, instead, they have to be forced to elaborate on that. Okay, well, what do you like about dogs? Why do you prefer dogs over cats? Like, do a com- compare and contrast for me. Or maybe they're like, I don't even like those animals. I'd rather an elephant. I don't know. Just something fun. But it really challenges people to get out of their comfort zone and understand that you have to talk about different conversations sometimes. Because when you're an entrepreneur and you're in those those meetings where you're trying to make a sale, for instance, it's it's what your your confidence around the situation looks like that gets you to where you want to go. So obviously for yourself, uh, when it comes to master talk, it's okay. Well, I didn't really know what I had my hands on until I did. And then it's like, Oh yeah, someone just helped you, um, just like solidify your idea and actually get it, uh, making you money, which is amazing. I don't think a lot of people see what they're capable of doing or see what they're passionate about or what they're good at. Um, actually leading to a company where they're making lots of money doing it, right? And so I love that. I love that you're just giving people random topics and going, hey, you got to figure out what this looks like, right? Absolutely, Elena. Mm-hmm. I like that. So what was the second point? Yeah, for sure, Elena. So ball number two, and, and super cool that you have a speech club just for your employees. I think that's super awesome. Or the people on your team, rather. So so ball number two is the question drill. We get asked questions all the time in our life. At school, at work, from prospects, from our family, on a podcast. But most of us are reactive to those questions. We're not proactive to them. So I'll give you an example of this. When I started guesting on shows a few years ago, I sucked. I remember some guy asked me, where does the fear of communication come from? And I looked at him and I was like, I don't know, man. Toronto, New York, London, you tell me. <laughs> right. I had no idea. So I wasn't prepared for that question. So what did I do to fix that? Every single day, Alina, for five minutes, I answered one question that I thought the world would ask me about my communication skills, my public speaking tips, my expertise, or in the context of people listening, your products or services or who you are. And if you do that every day for five minutes for a year, you'll have answered 365 questions about your industry and your expertise, and you'll be bulletproof. Mm. And that's number two, the question. I love that. And it helps you just be so much more prepared um, yourself as well, because you're digging into stuff that you, A, maybe are like, huh, that's a good one. Or like, I didn't expect to get that question, but then someone's like, this is the question for you. And you're like, Hmm, I need to analyze this a little bit more or really dig into what I want to say as my answer. And I like that sometimes you can like put it down. So for myself and my business, I have people ask me questions that I don't know the answer to. And that's a good thing, right? Like I don't have to know absolutely everything, but I need to know where to get the answer. And so when I get asked a question, I don't know, I can pause it and be like, Hey, I'm going to write that one down. I'm going to get back to you on it and make sure that I'm doing my due diligence before trying to answer it incorrectly or like incomplete. Cause I don't want to give half information either, especially when I'm dealing with someone's money. So I, I write it down and I pause and I go, I'm going to get back to you on that. And we'll, we'll discuss that in our next meeting, or I can call you once I get you an answer on that. And I think that's really important as well. When you're not hundred percent confident going into that conversation, just knowing that you can just go, Hey, I may not know that, but I know who knows that. Right. So I'll get you that answer. 
Um, and sometimes it's, it's digging into your own soul as well going, Hey, this is what I need to learn about myself, or this is something that I want to discuss more with another person who knows more about the topic than I do. And when you study it and you just learn more about your, your profession or your expertise, you become the expert because you're willing to put in the time and the effort to be that guy, right. Or the, be the go-to guy in that situation. And I think that's really, really powerful as well. So yeah, great tip. Uh, what was the third ball? Absolutely, Elena. And great story as well. Third ball is so simple, nobody does it. Make a list of five people you really love in your life. It could be a brother, it could be a sister, it could be a family member, it could be a friend. And them. 50 second video message to just say how much you appreciate having them in your life. So that's what I encourage your audience to do, Elena, every single day. Three people, just send them each 20-second video messages to just say, hey, I'm thinking about you. hope you're having a wonderful day and know that you're loved and super appreciated. And that's the magic of doing this video message. There's just one rule that I want people to follow. The rule is you're not allowed to retake the video. So whatever you record is what you send. And if you do that three times a day for a year, you'll have sent a 1,000 videos. And even better, you'll have made a 1,000 people's days better. And the reason is because people receive the video message, they don't say to themselves, oh my God, this person made so many mistakes and they're speaking. They go, wow, I've never had somebody send me a video message in my life. This means <laughs> so much to me. I love that. It's so funny because I adopted the video chat a while ago, but mostly just because I didn't want to sit there and send a text message. I was like, <laughs> like that just takes too long. I'm like, I'd rather just send you a video clip or an audio message. Um, but obviously when it comes to communicating, if someone can see your face and like actually see how you're talking, um, it's not as misconstrued or, you know, they can see that you're not angry or they can see that you're just like trying to communicate with them. And so that's something that I've been doing um, and it's, it's fun to watch people get out of their comfort zone too. And they're like, okay, well you did it. So I'll do it. And it's so cute. I love it because yeah, I'll do it through my social media or I'll do it through WhatsApp or whatever. And, uh, it's very fun to just see other people do it as well. They're like sitting on their couch or like, I've never done this before. And I'm like, you're welcome. <laughs> like, it's just a little, <laughs> it's a little fun, something where it shows you care right? Big time shows you care because you're willing to put yourself out there. Like today, I haven't showered yet today. I don't look the greatest. I got like five hours of sleep last night. Um, cause my dog was up three times in the night cause she ate half a bowl of food that she wasn't supposed to eat. And so she's a little sick today. And I'm like, great. I did eight appointments yesterday. I was on the phone till midnight. It got up. I've been in appointments since eight o'clock and I'm just like, okay. <sighs> right. So when you can just like slow yourself down and go, okay, what am I going to do today to help impact someone else's life? Whether that's sending my mom a voice memo or like a video message saying happy birthday or like singing her happy birthday, whatever it is, man, that would make her day big time because I can't be there. Right. So what can I do to stand out? What can I do to show people I care? Um, and I think when you're doing a video message like that, it really does check both those boxes and it just makes you stand out too because no one else does it because everyone's like 
what do you mean you want me to be on camera? I'm like, yeah, who cares? <laughs> you know, like <laughs> my hair's not done. I'm recording. Who knows how many people are going to watch this podcast, you know, and it doesn't matter what you look like or how you sound or if it's perfect. It matters that you're being courageous and you're putting yourself out there and you're, you know, showing people that they matter to you. So yeah, I can definitely see why you've been successful with your business for sure. Um, Closing off today's conversation, is there anything that you wish you learned sooner or anything that you would like to share with the audience today that we haven't covered yet? For sure, Alina. I would say the last tip is is a quote I was looking to share at the end, which is be insane the same. If you want to be like everyone else, that's totally fine. But if you want to make a massive difference in the world, you want to do something cool, you need to realize that most people who do weird things are often weird people. Mm-hmm. Don't you find it odd that you're having conversations, Elena, with somebody who started a YouTube channel, not on pranks, not on skits, mm-hmm. not on music, but on executive communication tips at the age of 22? And then he went on to coach all of these CEOs for money. He built a pretty decent-sized business, yet... He still lives in his mother's basement, yet he has a nice car outside. It's a nice 2013 Toyota Camry, so I must say it's a really nice car. But he's too scared to drive it, so his, his sister does it for him. And he's in the top 1% of all listeners on Spotify for Justin Bieber. How does any of this make any sense at all, Luna? And that, my friends, is the point. When every decision in your life makes sense to the only person that it should, which is you, you're probably making the right decisions in your life. Mm-hmm. I love that. Awesome. I'm like, yeah, take away. Um, so where can people get access to your content? So obviously on YouTube, um, give them a, where they can subscribe for you. Yeah, for sure, Elena. Thanks for having me, brother. It was great. So two ways to keep in touch. The first one is the YouTube challenge. Just type master talk in one word, and you'll have access to hundreds of free videos on how to communicate ideas effectively. And the second way to keep in touch is to attend one of my free communication workshops over Zoom. Eight-year-olds come to that call. CEOs of massive companies come to that call. Everyone's invited. So if you want to jump to that, go to rockstarcommunicator.com and register for the next one. I love it. Rockstarcommunicator.com. Beautiful. You got it. Rockstarcommunicator.com. I, won't, I don't want to get it wrong. I'm like, I'm going to write that down right now. But um, yes, yeah, thank okay. you so much for today's conversation. I'm excited for people to get access to Master Talk and just learn how to come out of that shell and just really embrace what's actually possible for their communication skills. So thank you again for being here today. And guys, make sure that you go and subscribe to Master Talk and get access to all of Brendan's content. I'm super blessed to have you on the show today. Uh, Thanks again for being here. And until next time, that's Pursuit of Relentless signing out.